Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on uh, the Barbecue Nation Radio Network and all your favorite social media platforms. I'm JT. Today we're talking with uh, Casey Nelson from Semper Fine Barbecue up in uh, Port Townsend, Washington now. Um, not Kingston, up there. Uh, if you've ever been up on the islands that are kind of west of Seattle and that's where the Puget Sound and the little north of there, the Straits of Juan de Fuca and all that stuff. It's very beautiful country up there. And uh, I'm glad I live where I live, but where you live is is really pretty. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Did you ever think about doing the competitions, Casey? You know, I've had um, a lot of guys. Um, my main social media platform is Instagram. That's where I do a lot of my, a lot of people, you know, contact us on Instagram about doing events. And I've had a lot of guys, sure. uh, local pitmasters and chefs that, you know, asked me to be on their team or if I was willing to be on the team. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, I just, you know, I like the competition thing. I like watching them on TV, but it's like all the time and effort you put into that to have somebody say, Oh, it's too firm or it's too soft or it's too smoky or, and here's your, you know, $500 check for taking a second. I know it just seems like competition is like a different market to me. It's like, that's what guys want to do. They want to go compete, and that's what they love. That's their hobby. Um, this is more of my, you know, semi-profession where right. I'm trying to make a living off it, you know. Right. And I can't, I can't make a living off competition. I mean, you can if you get to that level of where you're going to the, the Jack Daniels barbecue cook-offs or something big where you're getting a you know, good price package. But at this time right now, we're we're at um, that's not something we really want to have wanted to do. No, and I understand that. I don't compete. Uh, I've judged a couple of them as a guest judge. Um, I competed in my other work for a long, long time. And because uh, it was in on the sports side of things. And um, I don't have any desire to be competitive, but to anywhere with my one friend on the golf course anymore. So, yeah. uh, but I do like to, I, I do like to cook and I do all my cooking, you know, on, on TV or I don't post that much. <clears throat> Not that anybody cares about that, but I, I don't post that much like on Twitter or Instagram or anything. Um, cause I have so many people on my feeds that are constantly posting things. I look at probably 300 briskets a week from stuff that people post, which is great. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I've teased them about it and razzed them about, you know, come on, cook something different instead of the, you know, that big muscle and slicing it and trying to hold it and say, isn't this perfection? I don't know if it's perfection because <laughs> I can't taste it. I can't smell it, but, um, I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing and I would have no desire. Now, if somebody came and asked me to hang out at their tent for a Saturday or something while they were doing it at one of the big competitions that I probably would do, 
just for fun. But I, w- I don't yeah. think I would ever be on um, a team. I spent 37 years doing that stuff. Jesus, I don't need to do it anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of times the competitions, you know, this, the way I look at it, there's a difference between competition and, you know, serving people. You can't really take that much time to put something together for people. You're trying to get people fed and out the door. And at the point where you're feeling like with my events, these people, they just want to eat, you right. know? Right. And, and, you know, kudos to those guys who do competition. Like I said, I love watching them. I, me and my wife, that's what we watch on TV, the different barbecue shows and who's doing what. And you got this much time to do this and got to cook it hot and fast. This person's never done that before. And that's awesome. I love watching it. Put, you know, how, you know, how they can be in a situation and bounce out of it. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm like you. If, you know, if somebody needs some help, say, hey, can you help me do something? And yeah, sure, I'll help you because I love barbecue. You know, I love smoking meats and doing that kind of stuff. That's my world. But I just, I don't, I just don't feel I have the time to commit to a competition, you know? Right. Right. No, and, and one of the things that not being in competitions, I mean, there are some competitions where you can do this. <clears throat> For a lot of people, the competitions are are social functions. And I really understand that because they're all great people and they're a lot of fun and you can make some great friends doing that. Um, but I like to experiment too much. Uh, you know, I've got gas grills, charcoal grills, pellet smokers, regular old smokers, still got the first, uh, offset stick burner, not the big one I was telling you about, but a, yeah. a small one, you know, that I bought years and years and years ago. And I still drag that out at least once a year and smoke a salmon filet or something on it. You know, I, I mm-hmm. but I like to experiment with my food because I also do television. And so I've always got to come up with something new. And that's not really, that's two different mindsets. And it, I, people will say, no, you can do both. Well, you could, but I also have a limited amount of time. So yeah. When I'm experimenting with something, especially in the summertime, because in the summertime, they all want to see the grills in the background or the smokers or whatever in the shots. So that does limit you to certain things you can do. And so I spend a lot of more of my time trying to think stuff up if it, as you were, you know, I, I remember Bruce Willis in the movie Armageddon. He goes, for God's sakes, you guys are NASA. You got people that sit around and think this crap up, you know? Well, I kind (laughs) of, that's what I kind of have to do. And I think for somebody in your shoes, you know, going to get to the food truck level and doing that, you're going to have to be creative and do that, but you're also going to have to make it fit your menu. So it takes, it takes time and experiments and cost analysis and all that kind of stuff so you can make it work. Yep. It it really does. I didn't mean to sound like yeah. I was lecturing you. I'm not. I just. Oh, no, no, no. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. Because we do that. You know, I say, I got an idea and I want to try it. And like you said, you've got to start with that blueprint, write down all the materials you're going to need for it, and then go and see, is it actually feasible? Can I, will we make a dime off this or are we going to make a dollar off this, you know? Right. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, to the point where. I don't want to sound like it's all about money, but it is when you say that's your profession. It's what you're doing to try to make a living. It's about money, you know, yeah. and, and it's about giving people a great product that's worth that money, you know? And so I, there's times when, like I said, I've done some things where, you know, just an experiment to see, like, is this feasible? Can I actually do this for a bunch of people? Or is this just something that we're going to do and have some friends over and try it, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I'm like you, I sit around, I think of things, I think of how to make things even better than they are with, you know, keeping the cost down and, um, I kind of just did that at this last event. I was 
my mac and cheese, it's a, it's a five cheese beer infused mac and cheese. And I use kava toppy noodles and it just changes the mac and cheese, you know? Sure. And so I came up and I, you know, I learned it off a show. I was watching a show where the guy cooked his kava toppy noodles in beer. And I thought, wow, I never thought about doing that. Changes the flavor of the mac and cheese. So before I did my mac and cheese, I would it take me about an hour just to make the cheese sauce from scratch, you know? And I was like, wow, I wish there was a way I could, you know, kind of get around that, you know? And so this last event, I said, I told my wife, I said, I wonder if we can find, uh, could we go to the Chef Solutions? It used to be Cash and Carry. Um, if they have like a cheddar cheese sauce in a can there. I didn't, I didn't really want to go that route, but I was just trying to cut like an hour or two off my time cooking at this big right. event for so many people. And so she was all kind of like, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't not, I really don't agree with this. I said, let's just try it. Okay. So we tried it. Uh, I still took my, you know, Tillamook Monterey Jack, my Tillamook sharp cheddar. And I added that into, and I, I kind of did it different this time. Like way I added it in. Then we used the cheese sauce and then we smoked it. People loved it. I was like, there it is. We just saved money and cut a corner on cheese, yep. you know, and it still tasted great. Yep. And so it's little stuff like that. You're thinking, you know, am I, am I working too hard to make something because I like, I like the way it tastes or is there a way it'll taste just as good without having to work so hard, you know? And, um, so that's kind of where I went with that, you know, and, but, um, yeah, just experimenting with meats, you know, um, I do what's called, um, my tri-tips. I call them a Triscuit because I cook them like a brisket and I've had more people that are, you know, the meat mongers of the world say, you're ruining it. You're going to ruin tri You can't do it that way. Well, I did it and people love it, you know? Yeah. And I cook it just like a brisket. I season it like a brisket. It comes out and people think it's a brisket, you know, the way I slice it, they're like, oh, is this brisket? I said, no, it's tri-tip. It's just cooked a certain way, you know? And, um, you know, and that's where, I've, you know, I've been into a lot of social media wars with people that just don't have an open mind about it. And I'm like, you know, you have to have an open mind and be willing to change. Cause I'm telling you right now, when that egg came out of a chicken, who decided they were going to eat that thing? You know, <laughs> I'm serious though. You have to have an open mind, you know, because you're watching something come out of the, the rear end of a chicken and you're going, oh, I'm going to put that in my mouth and eat it. You know, yeah, you have to, somebody had to experiment that, yeah. you know, so I mean, it's a weird analogy, but it's a true, I mean, you really gotta have an open mind, you know, and I've tried certain things with meats and, and it came out, I'm like, I will never do that again. That was horrible, you know? Yep. And then I've tried things I've heard from people and I'm like, that was really great. That's a good idea. What if I tried it with this and it would do this and we do this, it would be like this and it came out great, you know? So, you know, you, that made me think of something because I've I'm sitting on an airplane one time, I thought this up. Uh, you get really bored on, as people know, on long airplane flights. And so you got to think stuff up or do something, take a nap. So I was wondering, you know, you were saying like, okay, the egg came out of the chicken's butt. Who decided they were going to be brave enough to eat it the first time? <laughs> so who, what fools in history went back and just said, and said, well, you can't eat those berries because they're poisonous. Somebody at one point ate those berries and found out the hard way that they were poisonous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there's always got to be some idiot to raise their hand or <laughs> to do something to say, okay, I volunteer. And, or maybe the guy was just, or gal was just hungry 2000 years ago and went, no, nope, that didn't work. So, um, you know, I think of weird stuff like that all the time. That's just the way I kind of roll. You might say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, I, I, people talk about, you know, uh, 
your raw meats and your contamination. So it's like, you know, at one time in this world, animals had to have been eaten raw, you know, yep. but I, you know, the digestive systems back in the caveman days and stuff or before that were, that's how they were made for that, you know? Yep. And I said, and probably one day a lightning storm happened and caught a forest on fire and animals in there got cooked and they're like, let's try eating it. And it tasted good. And all of a sudden you have cooking, you know, right. <laughs> we're going to cook the meat now. Right. And then some wiseacre walked 50 miles and brought back a bag of salt. And then the toll world yeah. changed, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. Little things like that, you know, and it's just, you you get a headache thinking about it, you know, it's like, wow, evolution. But that's that's, that's so- probably why we are the way we are today with our digestive systems, because we've evolved from having that iron gut, like a goat to, you know, prima donna guts where certain things will give us salmonella poisoning or E. coli or something like that, you know, and, yeah, and then, and you and you find <laughs> out going down the road, there's so much misinformation about that, and you know it's like okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you've got a steak in the freezer, you should put it in your refrigerator for five days and let it thaw slowly. When I grew up, we pulled meat out of the freezer every morning. My mom did. It was wrapped. Okay, it was wrapped. She just put it on the counter. Um. And then when we came home, she cooked it. That yeah, was it. We, and I we still do that. My wife still does that. We did it yesterday. You know, yeah, ground beef on the counter all day. Yeah, and nobody got sick or anything. Um, well, dry aged meat is rotting meat. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and it nobody dies from that stuff. They you know they cut the bass stuff off and go to town. Well, it's just like if you get a little mold on your cheese, you just cut it off. The rest yeah. of the cheese is fine. You know, and and so. Um, sometimes I think we've become a country of, uh, or society of lily lips, if you will. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people didn't grow up on the farm. When you grew up on the farm, you just didn't run down to Safeway to get what you needed. No. You know, we, we. Well, and that's, I, I grew up in Kingston, uh, on a ranch and, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Kingston. A lot of people from Washington state don't know where Kingston's at. It's a little ferry boat town that goes over to Edmonds, you know, and, uh, right. When I was growing up, it was, you know, 800 people. There wasn't that many people there, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was meat and potatoes and whatever vegetable mom pulled out of the garden, you know? And yep. That's the way you ate a whole glass of milk, you know? It was, yep. That's the way you grew up. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it was a big deal when Nestle's Quick came out and we could make chocolate milk, you know? Oh, that was strawberry milk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strawberry was great too, you know? But yeah, it was, that's, that's what you ate. I mean, we would pull vegetables right out of the garden, wash them off in the creek because our garden was in one of our lower pastures. And there was a creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people would call it a river. We called it a creek. And you'd yeah, take we call them creek. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'd take them down there and kind of rinse off the dirt. Or you just take your hand and brush off the dirt. And we always had a salt shaker stashed down there. And if yeah. you wanted some salt on your carrot or something, that's how you ate them. They didn't go through any yeah. processing or... uh you know, industrial cleaning type thing. They, no. they they came out of the ground and they went to the kitchen and they were cleaned up a little bit and they were cooked. And that's what happened. So yep. we, we did that. Casey, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. We will do it again sometime. I want to keep Sounds up, good. keep up on your progress here. Cause I think you got something going there. Thank you. Chief. No worries. And good luck with everything, my friend. Um, Thank you, JT. Sure. We will be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Um, Just like I said in the regular show, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it, and take care, everybody.